Yeah. No, so yeah, welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Podcast. Today we are joined by Joe McLean. I will let you tell everyone a little bit about what you do so that then we'll get into it. Hello, mate. Thank you for inviting me on. I'm a business owner. I own a gym in uh, Heaton, um, which you know very well. Um, I've been a personal trainer for 11 years and um, going into some some other industries at the minute, so um, got quite a lot going on. Nice. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the gym because um, it's a bit of a unique scenario uh, with the the gym that you've got. Um, obviously, you've been there for three years now. Is that right? For, uh, four. Four, four and years. Half. Four uh, and a half. Yeah, nearly five. Uh, wow. 2018 it was. That's crazy, isn't it? Because 2018 feels like two years ago, but actually it's not. Aye. It's well, like five years ago. Obviously, with the, the, at the time and that, we've uh, lost a couple of years with yeah, uh, COVID. With lockdown. Time. Um, so yeah, it feels like three, but it's been actually, yeah. actually four and a half. Awesome. So just giving everyone a little bit of backstory on, on your gym and how it kind of works and stuff. So James, who we had on this podcast, um, not that long ago, I think he was episode four or maybe something like that. So yeah, James Garrity, um, first opened that place as a gym kind of probably like three years before you had it. And then he kind of passed it on to me and then somebody else had it for a couple of months and now it's you. So it's in. actually been a gym for, it's been, it's, it's, it's been passed down. Yeah. It's been passed, passed down, down generations. The, the Newcastle yeah. Fitness industry. Like, yeah, it has, but it's, uh, it's the church uh, uh, as it's referred so, to as. So it's an old church building, um, which I'd like to thank James for, um, producing the leisure license because <laughs> I didn't have to go through any of that hassle. Um, so big shout James Garrity. Um, but yeah, so he, he's obviously passed it on to you. You had you and Rich had it as Amplify. Mm-hmm. Um, it was then BB Fitness. Um, a lad called Joe had that, and then I took it over. Over then, when it was BB Fitness, it was a um, MMA place. Yes. So it was literally just matting, like mm-hmm. a, an empty room with matting, a few dumbbells and stuff. Um, and then I've, yeah, I've made it into uh, Body Hacks Fitness, which it is today. Um, and then I've recently just renovated it as well. So yes. I've done done a load of the building. Obviously, with it being an old old building and stuff, I've had to do a load of like background stuff. You know, full rewires and um, so the stuff that you see that I've done isn't even half of kind of what I've had to do. Um, but the buildings and it was an absolute gold mine when I got it. You know, mm. um, it, like I say, it already had the all the licenses. Um, I didn't have because normally they would take like six months to to go yeah. ahead. To change change of usage and things like that. Yeah, um, so I didn't have to apply for any of that. It was just already ready to go. Um, and then the way I've developed it is I'd started, when I started, I was trying to do everything and I didn't really have the network or the backing then uh, to do what I'm doing now. So I started off, with, it was just, a, well, it was I was trying to do everything and then I decided, look, it wasn't working. Because I was doing public members at the time, I worked out that actually I, if I was in there all day, because of the amount of members I had at the time, yeah. it was actually 60 pence per month per member. Right. So imagine what that is per hour, do you know? Yeah. Um, for how long I, like how many hours I was having to put into it for what I was getting in return. So then I decided to just flip the business model and scale it back to a private facility. So mm-hmm. it was uh, for private personal training, bootcamp, uh, group sessions, uh, which worked really well. I sort of took myself away from the competition a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and just kind of, like niched it a little bit and then 
well, four and a half years later, I've I've finally you know sort of feel like I've I've got the network and the back end to mm -hmm. and the, the the amount of PTs that I've needed and and whatever else to to then flip the model back into a public facility. Yeah, it's such a nice gym. It's such a good location. I feel like it's um, obviously now you've probably had it more than all of us put together combined in terms of the the time. Um, so obviously you know you've made a real good go of it and it's good to see that it's kind of still there and, and like obviously growing as well. So now you've got, you know, you've just opened it back up to the public, which is really good to see. And I like what you said there, that there's a, there's a slight analogy there for business that you've spent all that money, but half of it people can't see because it's like work that you've done oh, yeah, on, on the building and stuff. And I think that's, that's one of the, th the, the things that shocks people when they get into business. Yeah. I was, I would say that like, it's, you know, 10 years of hard work for that one good year. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of the same of, of, of what had happened there is, um, you know, I'd, I'd spent like 20 grand before people had even realised. It was only when I got the, the lick of paint that everyone was starting to see that it was yeah. changing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you're not seeing what else I've done, but obviously the, no, no one sees it that way. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that there's a lot more goes into any business than than what than what meets the eye. Yeah. Um, and, and I think to, to succeed in that, you've kind of got to accept that there's going to be a lot more failure than there would successes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you've had quite an interesting route into the fitness industry talking about what we were speaking about the other day, just about obviously most people get into to personal training because they've kind of usually cause they've always been in good shape and stuff like that. So do you want to just talk a little bit about your route into the, the fitness industry and stuff? Yeah. So, uh, I was morbidly obese when I was a, when I was a child. Um, I'm literally, I was, when I was 10, I was the same weight I am now. Right. Um, which is mental cause obviously, um, you're a fully grown man. Grew, now. Uh, yeah. Grew yeah. A canny bit since then. Yeah. Like. But, uh, yeah. So it was, um, just through, you know, it was probably through more, um, lack of knowledge growing up and, and kind of at that time there was no education around um, health, especially with, with, with kids. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I, I was playing a decent level sport as well. So I had a real, like a realization where when I was 13 that I wasn't going to get where I wanted to go in, in sport if I didn't do something about my, my fitness. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then that was kind of the spark to then what led to the rest of it was it started with sport. And then I just, uh, I'd lost seven stone um, in six months. That's crazy. Um, as I grew taller as well. I mean, um, if you look at the the figures, you know, I'd, I think I was five foot eight when I started losing weight. I'm six foot one now. So like, if you look at the figures on how my, my weight should have actually increased. Yeah. And I'd lost seven stone at that time. It probably would have been about Your nine Your BMI stone. would have been absolutely flying down at a crazy rate as you're getting taller and lighter at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So it, it probably would have worked out. I lost about nine stone if I had so stayed the same So how old were you when height. you started losing weight? 13? 13. By the time I was 14, I'd, I'd lost seven stone. Because as well, obviously, when you were 13, there was, wasn't the social media that there is now as well. So what was it that kind of triggered you to start losing weight? Obviously, you can understand now, 13-year-olds and younger have got access to all of these different body types and access to all of this information and pressure and whatnot back in the day there wasn't, wasn't that so Not so what what was it that kind of spurred you on well like i say it started with the the sport really do you know what it was actually i remember um it was the last day of year nine which uh, i think i think you're 12 and 13 in year nine um yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, last day, um, there was a, an incident, so I, did, I got quite heavily bullied. 
Um, and it, there was an incident with with um, like a couple of lasses that I, I would that were on the bus. I, I would get home and stuff. And I remember getting back um, and like getting really uh, down about it, like you know, crying. Um, and then I looked in the mirror and I thought, do you know what? Like this is it. I'm gonna go back after that summer holiday and be a complete different person. And that was the kind of the that's what sparked off the the motivation. Um, but then the discipline came from actually just falling in love with working on myself. Mm -hmm. and I think that's carried through now. That's why I, you know, like I put processes in place to 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 push myself every single day. And I, and I think it's down to that. Um, I didn't know anything about, like you said, there was no science or anything. Uh, well, the science wasn't as developed as what it is now. Yeah. And the information certainly wasn't uh, readily, readily available. Avail yeah, of course. Available, yeah. So I kind of just spitballed it on on what I'd learned from, you know, like certain sports I was in or, um, you know, just what I thought would be best. Yeah. And and it did get a bit obsess obsessive at one point. Um, so I basically went from being morbidly obese to dangerously underweight um, between a two-year spell which I think, on a side note, helps me with clients because I, I kind of know how people feel on, on both ends, ends of the scale. The okay. um, but yeah, that that was the that, that the catalyst was the sport and the and the bullying, and then the the consistency was um, was just the fact that I, I started to really enjoy the process. Yeah, I feel like that's something that you have to end up you have to end up loving the process, otherwise you'll never kind of stick at anything. Massively in in business, right? You'll know yourself, right? You, you wake up every day with a fire in your belly. Mm. You wake up excited to go and, and challenge yourself and see what kind of what the day will bring. Um, I've just said before, like it, it, the 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 best thing about being self-employed or running a business is the fact that you can wake up on any given day and make as much or as little money as you want. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, other people don't have that that, that freedom, um, and I think that excitement of that chase is what will help people succeed in business definitely. and fitness. Yeah, definitely. I think obviously, you know, I speak about it quite a lot, but there's a lot of synonyms between fitness and business. And that's been my experience. And I think that quite often when you meet people who are successful in either of those areas of life, you know, a lot of those traits carry on to each other. So, you know, you, you find that a lot of successful people in business that have got strict fitness regimes or they've got at least strict health regimes because they can see the the crossover and you know enjoying the process you know sticking to something that you can't see instant results they all play into the same you know if you go and Absolutely. do a gym session you're not going to see any physical results that day probably not that week probably not that month you know it takes it takes time after a couple of months yeah you'll start seeing it if you have a really good day you know posting on social media for your business, doing all the right things that you need to for marketing, you're not going to see results that day, maybe not that week, probably not even that month. And it's the same. You've yeah. got to kind of, you've got to trust in the process in both of those things. And they quite often play into, play into one another. Massively. I, I did a podcast uh, on Friday and it was, it was literally about that. Like everything you just said there was exactly what I was trying to get across is, um, it was about the link between fitness and business mm -hmm. and and how that crosses over. And they were expecting me to talk about the hormonal benefits and the productivity and endorphin release. And I just flipped it straight back to what you just said there. Um, I said, I'm going to talk about discipline and I'm going to talk about um, chipping away each day and not seeing results and, 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 and accepting failure. Yeah, delayed gratification. Yeah, massively. I always use the, the, uh, the toilet roll analogy. Right, okay, what's that? So if you had a roll, a bog roll. Uh-huh. 
right, and you pulled one piece off every day, you wouldn't see that roll going down. No, probably not. Right, but eventually that roll will be an empty roll if you just keep pulling away each day. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how it is in fitness, that's how it is in business, is you've just got to do the right things daily. Um, yes, you'll have hiccups along the way, but like, um, if you keep up that consistency level of, of showing up and, and essentially doing your best every day, yeah. then you will get there. It's just a period of time on, on, on how long that, that takes. Yeah, definitely. 100%, everybody who I speak to who's kind of been in the fitness industry, and, and quite often they, they start taking steps like you're doing into different industries as well, because a lot of the actual skills that you pick up working in a, in a service-based industry like this translate into other areas of business as well. And you, you often see people kind of do that, especially, you know, if you start viewing fitness as your product and you're a business person, you know, the sales around it, the um, processes around it. So like you've been talking about putting policies and procedures and processes into place, you can apply that to sort of any industry. But one of the good things that people don't realize about people who work in the fitness industry and any service-based industry is that every year, you don't gain 20 or 30 clients. You'd gain 20 or 30 connections, contacts that you can Must call be. upon for different things, professionals who are working in different parts of, you know, different industries and different parts of life. They are coming to you as their fitness expert and you're giving them value from that front, but they will be a professional in their own right and they'll probably be able to bring other things to you as well. So you can probably think on just off the top of your head now, people that you've worked with, in a fitness capacity as their trainer or their gym owner or whatever it might be who actually you've been able to do stuff with outside of fitness as well Absolutely. which is so a lot of what i've done obviously the renovations i've done in the gym recently um everyone that's i've needed something from have been clients right the new doors came from a, a client um nice. the you know the, the rewire client uh, the shower install client like every all the repairs and stuff another client so it's all people that I've worked with that years ago, when I've originally got the place going back to that, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Mm. I didn't have that network. I didn't yeah. have that, um, them connections, like you say. It is massively. And I think with, I think being a personal trainer is a, is a good spark for anyone to, to, to go into and having multiple businesses because of the, the nature of the business is getting to know people is, and you, you'll know yourself is like network is everything. Mm. You know, like if you didn't have a back end, you wouldn't be where you are now. 100%, yeah. And and when you can create, because what is network? Networks is building relationships. Like network is um, is not just knowing someone to talk to. It's actually knowing that person yeah, and being, being comfortable with them. that person yeah. and then being comfortable with you. So the the nature of, of being a personal trainer just like i would imagine like a, a hairdresser would or like something that's service-based industries where you're kind of you're speaking to a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life the good thing about personal training i found is that it's quite a low barrier entry professional service so you don't really need to go and do an expensive course to get into it but the clientele are typically going to be good people to know because you know pretty much everybody gets their hair cut. Pretty much everybody goes for those sort of treatments and things. Whereas with personal training, it is a bit more of a premium product. It's not everybody who does it. So it's kind of, it's quite good in the sense that the network that you build tends to be people that work in professional services as well. Yeah. And you can like really like call upon them for, 
for kind of advice and things. Yeah. And the advice alone is really, really valuable. <laughs> I think that people don't always um, take into consideration how valuable advi advice can be because, you know, unless you're in circles with people who can actually give you good advice, you might not have even had real good, you know, objective advice coming from a place of years of experience and things that people have seen, especially from a business perspective. How valuable is it to sit down with someone for half an hour, 45 minutes, who's done something that you would like to do? Yeah. Uh, the best example I can give of that would be, um, I think it was just after I'd reopened after COVID mm -hmm. um, and I was I was struggling, you know. Um, it, it's not all plain sailing. Um, I was struggling mm -hmm. with, um, I was losing clients. I, I think what had happened was, um the that we came back to spending money mm. and you know like lockdown was it was a, a huge i saw it was a huge opportunity for me because people were prioritizing their health more yeah then when it came back to that gym setting and they were out going on able to book holidays they were spending more on you know going out you know getting drinking and stuff like that and yeah money became le less readily available for the for those people um, so I, I, and people weren't getting furloughed. People are losing their jobs as well yeah, after exactly. lockdown. People's job opportunities were being reduced. Recruiters weren't working as much because there wasn't as much yeah and like they, job they opportunities. Costs, yeah, uh, like everyone was tightening their were. belts. Yeah. So obviously, then that filtered through to to the people, and and I did start to lose like clients rapidly, um, and then I spoke to a client who was a financial advisor, and he basically just said. Uh, he still trains with us now, Steve. And he basically just said, um, what were you doing at the start that got you all these clients in the first place? And I just went, well, you know, social media. And he went, well, you haven't took any videos of, of me training. Like, it starts now. And then that was the light bulb of just, like, stick to the basics. Yeah. Trust the process. And then it'll happen for you. Control the things that you can control on a daily basis that aren't going to give you the returns straight away but they will after a while like going out with a client right now i was obviously you know going out drinking and or whatever with, with like people you're associated with in business can be a bit of a risk mm -hmm. but i see it as, as as something that is solidifying your relationship with that person so if i can go out for a pint with a client i'll be straight there or i'll you know if you can go for for coffee with someone or you know you can be at their birthday and stuff like that like these things make a huge difference and that, that's what, again, creates that that network and that trust. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to, to that is, without that network, I wouldn't I wouldn't have had that advice. And, and to be honest, it was a, it's a dark place, isn't it? Like I was thinking, do I keep this going? Do I, do I you know, just go back to an, uh, like working on someone, in someone, on someone else's gym or on their gym floor? Um, and it was touch and go at that point, because I, mm. It's all about mindset, and my mindset was was on the on the, the downward spiral, and that one conversation with that person that had done it and been there mm -hmm. brought me back to, to and got me here. Do you know? It's so important. I have people that I can just call if I don't if I feel like things aren't going that well. Who I know have got similar sort of things going on, and just soundboard ideas with them, just get their advice on it, or you know maybe listen to what they're going through and see if I can help them with anything. I find that to be really beneficial, like being, trying to help somebody else through what they're going through. So, you know, that financial advisor, it might've actually helped him or will help him in the future. The fact that he was able to kind of sit with you and, and go through that with you, you know, that might be something that sometimes it can help people, 
you can think of more better ideas when you're thinking of them for somebody else. Right. It's like everyone gives really good relationship advice, don't they? Even people who are in terrible relationships. Rather than didn't do it themselves. Exactly, because you can, you can give objective advice, you can step outside of your own self, and you can give people real good advice for them mm -hmm. in that moment, and then that advice can filter back to yourself and you can start taking your own good advice. Yeah. So everybody can give other people good advice. Sometimes it's good to give other people advice because then you can kind of subconsciously listen to your own words. Or the other side of it as well, which you probably find like, um, as, as we're talking about that, is it not quite good when you've got someone that you see to be, that you would aspire to be where, where they're at and however long, and then they're saying that they go through the exact same problems yeah. that you go through. I love it. Sometimes it just solidifies it in your head yeah. that you're there and you're doing it. The best one I heard, I know a guy who's got a massive company smashing it. He's actually sold his company now for, you know, many, many, many millions. And he just said, you know, it doesn't get easier. You just get further into the jungle and the things that are trying to kill you and eat you are bigger. And that made me feel so good. Aye. I was like, holy shit, if you saying... He even said Warren Buffett's got money problems too. They're just bigger than yours. Yeah. Like, imagine I'm imagine I'm a hundred thousand staff. Yeah. The their problems there, are just they be going through. Their problems are just bigger. Yeah. And like, yeah, I love that. You don't. The problems don't get any easier. You just get deeper into the jungle, and the, the things in there are just bigger and just trying to eat oh, you yeah. still. Massively. And it's good because like, you can probably think like before COVID or before you had the gym, think about the sort of problems that would put you on edge. Do you know what I mean? The sort of problems that would make you feel uncomfortable or that you would like think about. Like there's things that I can think of six or seven years ago that would just make my stomach sink. Right. Letters, phone calls about certain things. Now I'd go and I'd go, not asked. Yeah. And I would literally just move on. Right. I would just, because I'd know, I'd have, I'd have seen that before and I'd know that it's not a problem. Or like someone would say something and I would just be like, oh yeah, that's yeah. fine. Or I'll, I'll deal with it, I'll call them, put a call in. Hi, this, that and the other. Based on experience, I know that I can put that call in. It's more than anything, it's the uncertainty, isn't it, that makes you feel sick. So speaking to someone who's done it before and them alleviating some of that uncertainty by saying, I've been through it. And if they've been through it and they're still here, then you know it's something that you can get through. Yeah. Um, and you'd never, you'd never think that, like when you're, when you're speaking to someone, there's, a, there's someone in the, in, in the, the business meeting that I go to and he's got, he's absolutely flying. He's, he owns a huge electrical, um, I'm not sure if it's an engineer or some sort of electronics based company. Right. And he, um, he like he done a like, presentation on what his business was, and I mean he drives a Maserati, and his second car's a Range Rover. Like he's he's where kind of you know you, you aspire like to, to get to when you get yeah, into business. Of and um, some of the stuff he said and the journey he's been on, and that he's still going on, was eye opening. Um, and and the fact that he still struggles now with all the stuff that 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 I struggle with. Yeah. And it was a, it, it was a sort of like realization moment of kind of just to embrace it, like. I say that um, success in, in business is not based about how many times you succeed. It's about being able to embrace failure. Because out of every, even as scaling it back to, if you're trying to, to, like me trying to get members now, out of every person that is inquiring or every person that's saying yes and gets a membership, there's six or seven no's. Mm. Do you know? And it's about putting them no's into the back of your head and just kind of getting on to the next yeah. one, going and keep going. Yeah, it's how you view them as well. Like, you don't necessarily even have to view them as a failure. You can just view the, you know, as, as a percentage of wins or, yeah. a, you know, 
this is the percentage of my close rate that I expect to see. And sometimes the way that you kind of fr like phrase things and sometimes the way that you look at things has a massive impact oh, on how positive you are. Oh. Because then it's, you know, I saw someone saying, you know, it's not, like you said there, it's not about how many times you fail or how many times you succeed. It's about success is going from failure to failure with the same level of optimism. And it's just being able to just get a no, get something that like, you know, really kicks you in the groin and just being like, oh shit, well that wasn't great, but I've also got these other things on. Yeah, so I'm just gonna put my effort into there. Yeah. Literally, yeah, like there's still other opportunities coming in. It's good that I even was in the position to get this far and I can use that as a bit of, you know, I can use that as a bit of experience and I'll know what to say next time. And I've, I've been in these sort of situations before, so, you know, just stay in touch with them because right. something might change. Well, that's it. And, and you said there, oh, I've been in this position before. Um, I actually said to my last year of idea, I said there was there was an issue with a, like a few th few different things. And um, I basically, I, I, like me personally, I take it down downward spiral for a little bit. And I know that. And I'll, I'll be like, right, you get in your own thoughts. And then a couple hours later, I'll have brought myself back out of it. Mm -hmm. So I just need to be left at that point. And then when I brought myself back out, she said, oh, like, how are you feeling now? And I just said, I, I said, well, I'm I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I've got these problems. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Yeah, it's, good it, problems to have. Sort yeah, of good problems mentality. to have. But, but then if you think about like um, how, how you, as you said, mindset and, and um, like for every failure, there's an opportunity. Do you know when the stock markets are down, that's your time to buy in. Yeah. Most people are pulling away. Do you know? So you, you've got to, you've got to try and like, um, count your blessings in that in that fact, and like you say, keep up that enthusiasm because mm. that's what's got you to where you are, and that's what that'll take you further than that. Yeah. So, what was your transition like then from being self-employed to a to a business owner? Because I know that there's a lot of things that kind of come into that, and some people think that self-employed and owning a business, although there is a lot of similarities, and you know, technically, when you do own a business, you are classed as self-employed on certain things, tax sort of things, but there is a big difference between being self-employed and being a business owner. What what have you found to be the biggest kind of challenges? So I, I think self-employed, you create a job for yourself. Um, when you're a business owner, you've created a job for other people. Nice. It's kind of, that's how I would define it is, is the difference. Um, and the, the the problems I've had when, when getting the gym, like from that day one, I was still in that create a job mindset. So it was me that was doing everything. It was me that was, you know, it's, it's been me that, you know, funding it through me PT money eventually until I had enough that was covering it and then turning that into a profit. Like all of that was still my job mm -hmm. mindset. Um, when changing the business model and and I was ready to then step up to that and create jobs for people and create processes that were going to um, last, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the difference was that I prioritized the the people around us rather than myself so that that's that's kind of what the i found the major differences was is that i was then um making sure that the people i've got now are happy enough and and steady enough for me to then make that transition so it's it's about having that network but then keeping that network happy enough or solidifying that network as well. Right. So that's how I found the, the the transition was quite easy because of the change in mindset. It wasn't that 
you know, like I'd, I'd looked into like certain stuff and being a limited company director and like all of this. And it used to mind boggle us even, even when I did have the gym, cause I was running it as a sole trader. Yeah. Um, but then once I, once I, you know, built my network up and I started to learn, as you say, from other people, it was, uh, it was the mind, the mindset that changed, not the, the, the people, if that right. makes sense. It was using that, them, them people in the, in the right way. And how have you found, obviously, bringing other people in, you have to align everybody's vision, which can obviously be very, very difficult in an industry which has got, you know, self-employed aspects to it. How difficult has it been kind of trying to not only get other people to work with you, but also, you know, basically do what you're asking them to? They, they never will. <laughs> right. No one will ever have the same passion and same vision of as course, you. Of course, yeah. Um, but you need to accept that. And you know, you need to accept the, the certain boundaries, but you need to accept that it's never gonna be the way you want it to be. Of course. You have to then um, sort of like be open to change and trust. Yeah. Uh, you've got to be able to trust people and you've kind of got to trust yourself. You've got to trust the processes you put in place. Yeah. Yeah, of course, I think that's a difficult one for people, isn't it? Because they just expect that other people would work, will work as hard as them. But obviously if they were gonna do that, then they would have just set up their own place or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they, definitely. They, they're not necessarily in the same stage of their life. Just like before, when you worked in somebody else's gym, you were in a different stage of your life and you weren't going to work as hard as they worked yeah. for, for on their project or their goal sort of thing. Or I just didn't see it in the same way. Yeah, of course. Do you know, like going into work was going into work. Whereas like I go into the gym now and uh, I've, there's a million things going on that I need to be doing and I'm seeing it in different angles you know I'm thinking you know thinking about making it inclusive and, and making it good good enough for everyone and and trying to you know because in the fitness industry you've got you seem to have um, different gyms have different functions so mm -hmm. like you've got a bodybuilding gym you've got a crossfit gym whereas like mine I want it to be open for everyone and I want it, everyone to be comfortable in that so I'm going around the gym I'm thinking I could hire a plant there, you know, and I'm thinking we'll make this a bit more welcoming and stuff yeah. like that, you know, and like stuff that I wouldn't go into a, a gym I've been at work and then be like, oh, I wonder if he's going to hire some. Yeah, you, you know, wouldn't like, be asked, would you? You'd so, just be cracking on, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm seeing it more from the from an outside perspective. Yeah. Now I'm further on the inside, if that makes sense. Yeah, but it is just about incentivizing the people to the point where they want to want it to be successful. I think that's something that's very difficult when you're setting up a business. You're bringing other people in, but they have to have an aligned vision yeah. in order to for people to kind of, you know, be invested in it and see it as more than a more than just a job. Yeah. Which is obviously what I think a lot of people, when they take that transition from being self-employed to being a business owner, it's the hardest thing because they, you know, they probably would hold those people to a bit of a higher standard, probably because they would feel like they could have been held to a higher standard. Like the reason you're in the position that you're in now is because you're willing to go above and beyond. You'd probably have went above and beyond no matter what sort of mm. environment you were in. It just yeah. so happens that this is your own business and that's the natural steps that it's taken. However, I, I feel like if you were involved in something else, you would have went above and beyond. But that those characteristics have led you to have your own business. Yeah. Whereas sometimes people will be like, I know I do it. I do 100% guilty of it because I'll be like, you should be trying to get things perfect. Like when I've got people working on things with me and the, the guys, you know, doing what we do here, you, you should want it to be perfect. I don't like, you should do, you should want it to be perfect. It's still, even though it's the company's work, 
it's still individually you, what you're doing. Like They're it's your job. Yeah, you're producing it. I want you to take onus and, you know, look at it objectively and be like, that could be better. Yeah. So, but obviously it's very difficult because that sort of mentality has got me to where I am today. And you do, you get Striving people. Striving for exactly, perfection, but exactly. But I've, yeah. I've got people who work for me now who totally have that in them as well, where they're striving for that perfection and So that's what well. I was going to get onto, is, is seeing, is seeing look, no, no one's perfect and it, no one ever will be. But yeah. it's seeing the potential. It's seeing the potential in people. Yeah, definitely. And, and if you can kind of see a little bit of what you had in yeah. the people that you're taking on, then, yeah. you know, there, there's, there is scope for mess ups here and there and of and course kind of, of course yeah like the bigger picture is that is is that these these people are um essentially going to be like so, sort of living what what you already have a hundred percent a hundred percent if they've got that potential of course yeah it is just it, it is i'd say it's the most difficult thing stuff and yeah. like getting that right and like aligning it because you want to also i also want to be as relaxed as possible because i don't like people on my case that's not how I work well. So I try to be as relaxed as possible. Um, but yeah, I just, I was interested to see how you were finding that kind of transition because yeah. I know that it's a, it's a very difficult one. It's one that probably isn't often spoken about because, you know, not everybody has the, the luxury of being in a position one day to have people work in their business. Mm -hmm. But Well, I, I've, I've found that the way I did it, so I was, I've, the, the team over the last four and a half years um, has been, you know, like, all over the shop in terms of people have had in and yeah um, and and there's been a, a couple that have really there's stuck, a lot of stuck trial around error, as well yeah trial and error sort of thing um, and I've made this transition when I, I feel like the team's been ready so I've been ready f since I got the place this is what I originally wanted when I got the place yes it took us however long to get there but it was the team that was that I needed to be ready so I was mm. I was fortunate enough to have good people around us um, I've got a good set of um, PTs that are that are you know, I've got a, a good amount of clients and the, net, the network's been built up through that. Um, but the tough bit was then um, kind of instilling that, like actually there's a bit more rules to the place now and mm. the models completely ch changed. And, you know, there was a little bit of backlash from that, but that's natural, that's going to happen. Yeah, of course. So, you know, I've changed everything completely and there's certain things that I can't do with my clients now. So I'm trying to lead from, yeah. from the top, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that's... Uh that's really important as well, isn't it? To kind of set that tone. And even when you know that you can be trusted to do something in a certain way, it's not the way that you've said that we're going to do it. So you need to do it as well. So what's next for you now then? What's, uh, what's on the horizon? What's the, what's the plan? So it's, uh, continue building, um, yeah. get the, the, the gym. Um, I, I, I want it to make it more automated where, um, you know, the, the, the process that I'm putting in place, I'm, I'm starting to, um, see a little bit more time back for myself. Right. Um, and then once I get to that point, um, I'm, I've got a few, well, actually at the minute, I, you know, our business is about opportunity. So I'm, I'm, I'm going into the property side of, side of things at the minute um, through some, you know, as we said, network I've built and, and stuff. So I've, I've kind of been introduced to an opportunity at the moment, which really I'd like to get the gym sorted, then go into that. But yeah, you've got to take opportunities as, as it is. So nothing comes at a perfect time. Yeah. So it'll be the plan. Um, putting it out there is get the gym where I want it. Um, do little bits of property stuff as well. At the same time, then I've got a network in Ireland as well. I'm going to set up body hacks in Ireland um, right. within the next five years. What does that mean? Sorry. 
So I've got um, like my lasses from there. So we're, we're there quite in regularly. Ireland. In Ireland, yeah. In Ireland. Northern Ireland. Body hacks in Ireland. in Ireland. Right, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. I thought you said a networking island. A networking island. A networking island. Oh, I'm just going to create an island. I thought, <laughs> genuinely, that's what I thought I you mean, meant. I mean, I'm thinking big like... I, th- I was thinking, uh, yeah, in Ireland, a, a body hacks network. Oh, so right. just a gym there or just yeah, a... Yeah, I want to set up body hacks uh, over there. Perfect. Yeah, right. Okay. Start a franchise, yeah. the business. Awesome. Eventually, once yeah, that makes that makes a lot more sense than like I was thinking like Richard Just put Branson on an island. Yeah, I was Just thinking like <laughs> Richard Branson esque, like your own island. Oh, I was going to say Jeffrey Epstein, but not like not that sort of island. I'm not going there. No. So like yeah, so in Ireland, <laughs> yeah. the country. Yeah, I've got a network awesome. in Northern Ireland. I should have made it. I should have made it. No, more that's concise. fine. It's my fault. But yeah, that's, that's why I asked what that means. Yeah, that's Sorry. the that's the plan. Anyways, is to is to open up over there. Is fitness big over there? There's a there's a, a gap in the market, right? For like uh, which I've gyms. seen from going over there and and stuff. Yeah, they, is it like they, a small they don't gym that do you it do like what there? we what we do here, right? Um, like I had a, a an events company when I uh, like after I finished uni in Liverpool, and um, look, granted that went tits up, you know, but um, I'd seen what they do in the Newcastle um, events scene and try to take it over there and mm-hmm. seen that gap in the market. I've kind of um, done that. Like over there, as I've been going over, I've been seeing little bits so that could be, you know, improved from certain gyms they've got over there or services that they're providing and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So um, once the the Newcastle gyms, you know, where I want it to be, mm-hmm. um, then I'll be uh, hopefully opening up over there <laughs> Look as well. Expand. Oh wow. Yeah. So that sounds really exciting. Yeah, it's just about getting the processes put in place so that I can actually franchise it. Yeah, so that you've got an actual business model and all the policies and procedures processes in place to the point where you could just hand it to somebody else so is that the next step to be able to just let somebody else take the reins in newcastle yeah so that you can see that that works autonomously without your kind of input massively yeah, that, yeah. that's yeah when i'm saying automated that that's exactly what i meant yeah it's trying yeah, to get yeah. it to the point where i can go on holiday and things don't go to shit yeah do you know the fitness industry is really good for a lot of things one of the things that it isn't so good for is being able to step away from the actual work and still get paid. It's like, you know, a lot of people think fit like personal training and in the fitness industry, you know, it is a very, you know, attractive job because you're doing something you enjoy. You're in, you know, one of the best environments that you could be in. You know, it's an environment that you would choose to be in during your leisure time. So if you can get paid to be there, it's really great. One thing that people need to factor in though when they're taking the jump into the fitness industry is that you're not getting paid when you're not there. And I guess that's why we've seen a lot more kind of rise and prevalence in the uh, online training world. Um, but yeah, if you can have something like what you're doing that manages itself when you're not there, yeah, exactly. and you still make money. I mean, you've obviously been in the fitness industry probably as long as I have. And like, you know, when you, it, it's not going on the holiday, that's the issue. You know, like it's fine going on the holiday, but then it's what you spend on the holiday then it's what you're not earning when you're away. Then it's getting your clients back. Normally, take, if you go on a two-week holiday, it's going to take you like five weeks to get your business back to where it was because of that motivation factor mm-hmm. and the fact that you are putting people through pain daily. So it takes a lot for them to, once they're out of the routine, to then get back into that routine. Yeah. Do you know? It's, it's, it, you, you're kind of putting people through an uncomfortable environment to then create their a more comfortable life for them mm-hmm. um so you can see why it demotivates people when they've had a couple of weeks off so it's trying to get to the point where the business itself is um is is, is running when i'm not there 
Mm-hmm. So I think that's the sign of of being able to of being of running a successful business. Yeah, of course. No, that totally makes sense. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of exciting plans, and it's good to see the church still still going strong, thriving. Yeah, thriving. Mate, it is thriving, mate. It's thriving. really good to see four and a half years. I didn't realise it was four and a half years. Yeah. So you've been a personal trainer for ten years, did you say? Ten. Yeah, it'll be eleven in September. Where did you do your? So I did mine years ago when I was in Liverpool. I, I did it when um, when I was at uni. Right, okay. So I literally did the course in two days. Yeah, nice. <laughs> just blasted it out. Yeah. Might have already had clients at that point. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So you just, you did the course and then you mainly started PTing when you came back here. No, I was doing it there. Yeah. You were PTing I in Ireland? I was doing it there, but I was doing the event stuff at the same time. And ah. um, yeah, I was loving it. I uh, did really well. I, I was at a commercial gym at first. What was it? Which gym? Uh, the gym. The gym. The gym group. Um, it was it was great in terms of, but you'd really had to be. You could get eaten alive in a, in a gym like that, you know. Commercial gyms or private gyms? What's best um, to start out? I'm gonna say private. Private gym to get started because of the. To be a personal trainer, you have to be seen as someone that a client would strive to be. Mm-hmm. Now, it might be a bit controversial this, but like, if if you're washing machinery and you, you you're sweeping the floor like you're then less likely to look like someone that that client would then want, right, okay. to, want to, so to put their money it's into less glamorous working in yeah a commercial way gym. less glamorous and you're actually losing a lot of time so i was finding when i left mine uh, i was doing hours for rent mm-hmm. which is great but the rules that they put in place is you can't train clients which is not in my gym i, I let them do what yeah, they want yeah. on shift you know um but the the hours for rent thing when you're doing 20 hours a week mm. and you get busy as a PT Start s- say you're doing it. 40 hours of clients a week and you can't train it you've got to then do an extra 20 you're doing 60 hours a week for very little but in return. by the time you've got 40 clients would you not just drop your shifts and just pay rent well that would be 40 hours on 40 clients um you know I say some might do three a week and stuff like that and, right okay um but yeah like y- you would but then but then you're getting but you have then you're looking like six seven hundred quid a month rent right okay yeah that you can see, go and get a little private studio for that see I'd say starting a starting a commercial maybe if you don't have anybody and then build your client base over and then move to a private I didn't I started at the church you so I didn't private. yeah well I just started there so I started there but I was able to do the classes but do you not find though it's like I started at the opposite of what you're saying and we're both saying start at the different place right okay so it, it's it, yeah. it is tough to yeah. start is, is kind yeah. of what it what it is but yeah starting is the main thing exactly yeah that's a good that's a good point and whatever you do from there you're in a position to start making choices yeah and you can change as well you can go to a commercial one and then if you don't like it you can go to a private one and vice versa i think the benefits from the private perspective are that you yeah you've got more freedom but obviously there's less shop window activity you know there's not as many people seeing you yeah they're not seeing you clean the fucking gym equipment but they're like do you know what i mean they're yeah. just they're just not seeing you at all Aye. so like i was lucky enough that i went into somewhere that i was able to do the classes and i was able to build up my reputation by kind of helping james with his clients and and kind of going from there so i think definitely like a setup like yours would be good for someone to come into and you know there's classes on there's this that and the other you're there there's pizza do you know what i mean they can they can start like feeding off you and stuff like that. So yeah, I do think as well, like it depends on which, like who you, sp- as we've j- mentioned all the way through the podcast is, um, is who you spend your time with. Yeah. Do you know, like I, every PT that comes through the doors at my place, I will help in some sort of capacity, you know, 
like I'll either give them give them clients directly or help them get there to so they know exactly what they're doing um you know if you went to certain people haven't got that priority you know like the different buildings or different uh, gyms have different things that they do for the people in there um so i do think that like selecting the person you want to be around yeah more than the the kind of whether yeah. it's commercial or private yeah go and find someone who you'd like to who who you aspire to be like yeah and go and see if you can work out of their studio or work with them because you've got a better chance of getting to where they are if you're spending more time with them yeah i think and even then on on that perspective is i, I was really lucky to have a, a really good gym manager when yeah. i was at that uh, commercial gym so like then you know i ended up booming in three weeks because i'd seen like I had someone good there supporting us. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's very much more about the 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 people you're around. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. I think that's one thing that's similar that's that's the same for fitness business whatever it is. Get around people who are doing what you want to be doing, regardless of what it is that you want to do. If you go and spend time with people who are doing that, who are actively in there succeeding at it, you are going to, you, you know, whether it's via fucking osmosis or whatever, you're going to end up doing you that. Become yourself, you, yeah, yeah, you're going to, you're going to end up doing those things. If you spend your time around people who are getting pissed every weekend, you're going to start getting pissed every weekend. Yeah, definitely. It just, if you spend your time around people who aren't really up to much, you're going to find yourself up to less and less. So right. it's that's probably one of the the main things that schools teach really isn't it? Is that mm. like if you're in a bad crowd, you're going to be seen as bad. Yeah. Do you know? So it, it works the other way. Yeah. Um, so I do think definitely network's key, um, but also like use that correctly, like speak to people, put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I used to get really, like I would have been, a year ago I would have been really uncomfortable doing this podcast. Yeah. But you, like, I kind of dropped all that because it's like, I would never do talking videos or anything like that because I'd be thinking, oh, people be like, you know, taking the piss or whatever and, and stuff like that. And, that probably does happen. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're not going to put food on your table. Mate, that's so tr- Yeah, when I first started, like, um, when I first had, first started in the fitness industry, first started personal training, started putting, like, videos on and trying to grow my network and stuff, like, people would literally tell you, they'd be like, oh, your videos are so cringy, like, it's, yeah, I had to unfollow you, all this sort of thing. Aye. Those people, you don't, like... They were never going to be. You'd rather fill them out, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's so interesting that they would actually say stuff like that because nobody ever hates on you who's doing more than you. Absolutely, that's one thing that I found because they don't a they don't have time, and b they know what it takes. Right, and they're that focused on what they're doing. They're not bothered about what anyone else is doing. Yeah, do you know that's the bit? If you're if you're doing well or you you're trying to do well in something. Why would you care what anyone else is doing? Exactly. So exactly. I, I do think put yourself out there. That's yeah. probably the, the most important thing is make the videos, network, and put yourself out there. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Thank you so much for coming in. It's been it's, brilliant. Uh, it's really good to see what you're up to. It's really good to see everything going so well over there. It's going from going from strength to strength, and it's yeah. Appreciate that, mate. Love Thank it. you for having us on. No worries, mate. Fun. Until next time. Cheers, mate. Wrap that up. Bang Ooh, on, man. What have I done there? Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> did you get that on? Yes. <laughs> Mate, did you see that? I fucking, I've knocked the thing with my foot. I didn't, didn't realise you had that much flexibility. <laughs> Mate, I don't think I do. He's just done his Achilles. I'm out for a week. Get him. <laughs> get the chair's, get him, the chair's killing me. Get him, get him limping off. <laughs>
Jesus Christ, is it, can I put a claim in? <laughs> if you get that <laughs> moment. I was worried for him. Jesus Christ, mate. I don't even know. Imagine that happened through the podcast, mate. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> oh, keep keep that in. Yeah, that's it, guys. Yeah, that's all, folks. <laughs> keep that in.